0: Welcome to the ARRIVE podcast, the U.S. Immigration Law Podcast for Canadians. I am Jeremy Richards, and I'm here with my business partner and fellow immigration attorney, Christine Jerusik. Together, we are Richards and Jerusek Immigration Law, practicing U.S. Immigration Law from our offices in Buffalo, New York, and Toronto, Ontario, and we help Canadians to work and live in the United States. If you haven't already, please follow and like us on your podcast app, subscribe, to our YouTube channel, uh, Richards and Drusick Immigration Law, and follow us and like us on on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram uh, for regular updates on U.S. immigration law uh, that we have created just for Canadians. Uh, In addition, on our website, there is a resources tab where you can subscribe to a weekly newsletter where you will receive all our recent updates and posts about U.S. immigration law as well. Today, we're going to be going over what is called, it can be referred to as a refusal at a port of entry. Lawyers often refer to it as a withdrawal of your application because the border has the authority actually to put you in removal proceedings if they want um, and put you before an immigration judge if you come to the United States and you don't have the proper documentation admission to the United States. They have a few options. The mo- And one of them is uh, to allow you to withdraw your application for admission to the United States or to, to actually put you before an immigration judge to determine your merits of admission to the United States. So the most common thing that happens, though, is what is called uh, a withdrawal of application. They allow you to withdraw your request to come into the United States at that point in time. And They will flag you under a section of the law that is referred to as 221A7A, lowercase i, capital I, Um, and under that regulation, it stipulates that any any person that's coming to seeking entry to the United States is inadmissible for entry if they don't have the proper documentation to support the purpose for entry, or if they are what they call an intending immigrant and don't have the right visa to do that. In both of these cases, really, they're saying you don't have the right visa to do what you're asking to do um, under this regulation. So they have the right to refuse you entry if you don't present the proper documentation at the time of entry to the United States or when you're seeking entry to the United States. So the regulation says and this uh, this will be a little bit of legal jargon for you it says except as otherwise specifically provided in this chapter any immigrant at the time of application for admission who is not in possession of a valid unexpired immigrant visa re-entry permit border crossing identification card or other valid entry document required by this chapter any valid unexpired passport or other suitable travel document or document of identity and nationality, if such document is required under regulations issued by the attorney general, is inadmissible to the United States.
1: And just so, y- so you understand, um, because Canadians are presenting themselves for admission at the border and don't require a visa, this is something that's being determined by a border officer for Canadians. But in most countries who require a visa, this would be something that's determined by the consular officer at their consulate in their home country before they get a visa. So. Canadians, this is a determined by the border officer because you don't need one.
0: And they can make a determini- determination of inadmissibility is what they call it right there at the port of entry. So when you are seeking entry to the United States, the burden is on you as the individual seeking entry to prove that you are admissible. Otherwise, it is presumed that you are an immigrant to the United States and without the proper paperwork, they will refuse you. So you need to overcome that burden. Uh, and if you're coming as a Canadian, either as a visitor or maybe you want to come to work on a TN visa or an L1 visa or uh, an E visa, whatever it is, you need, to sh- you need to present the proper intention when you're coming to the port of entry. So we see this happen most often with And we'll use a a Canadian visitor as an example, because it happens all the time with Canadian visitors that either say or do the wrong thing at the port of entry. It just gives a border officer a reason to turn you around. If you come to the border, for example, and we've we've shared this example in the past uh, when we've discussed uh, coming to the United States, and you have a relationship with a US citizen, and let's say it's your spouse, you're, you're Canadian, your spouse is a U.S. citizen, and you tell that border officer, hey, I'm going to the United States because I'm going to go live with my spouse in the U.S. And you're just showing up with your Canadian passport and nothing else? Well, you just declared what would be referred to as immigrant intent. In other words, your intention has come to live in the United States permanently. If you don't have the right visa to do that, which would be referred to as an immigrant visa, the border officer can turn you around. Because you just told the border officer you have the intention to live here permanently, yet you don't have the right visa to do that.
1: Right. And they're not going to just turn you around. They're going to make you very uncomfortable and they're going to take you in for a whole load of other questions. And they may even create a transcript of their uh, conversation with you. um, And they're going to process you, probably fingerprint you, maybe take your photograph and put in the system that you were trying to enter the United States to live. So that's something you definitely don't wanna show up at the border with the intention to stay in the US.
0: They will very much make you feel like a criminal. Yep. If you try to do that. Yeah. Um, And uh, sometimes it's luck of the draw. (laughs) We've had people, I talked to an individual the other day who showed up at a port of entry and, and said exactly that. And the border officers just said, okay, make sure you apply for the right paperwork. (laughs) <laughs> it's like whoa that person got well, it's lucky it's discretionary right yes. so
1: you know you may run into an officer who's open to that kind of disclosure um or you may not and chances are well you want to be prepared for the one that yeah they, they like to turn it. you away any
0: chance they get <laughs> sure um but pay attention though if this does happen to you or if it has happened to you what were the questions that they asked you what were your answers? those answers to those questions as well as the transcript that christine referred to it, referred to they will often give you a transcript uh, that breaks down the questions they asked you the answers that you gave and the reason for their refusal of your your entry to the u.s or the reason they allowed you to withdraw your request to enter the united states
1: and sometimes when you do that they don't even i mean when they do that they don't even explain to you Nope. why so we get phone calls from people all the time that say i was refused entry to the united states and we ask them well what did the officer say they didn't even tell me why i couldn't come in so they we asked for a transcript or what happened That's yeah they it. cite the statute and then and possibly they get a transcript of what went down and we can usually tell from that what they did wrong or what went you know sideways in their their uh, application for admission to the u.s but yeah it's sometimes the officer's not even friendly enough to tell you what you did
0: and they like to withhold information from you, right? Because they and they'll take notes in the system. So just because it's not written on that piece of paper they give you, doesn't mean they didn't write it down in their computer. And oftentimes they do. They'll write other things in their computer mm-hmm. um, for reference if you come back to give them more clarity on the situation. Right. Or that's to let their that's to you.
1: let their colleagues know. Yes. You know what? How you presented yourself. Uh, the last time you came so that they're aware of your history it's in the system
0: it's always in the system so don't go don't think that you can do go to another port of entry or to the airport if you try tried at a land port another location and that you're gonna skate by um, and they're not gonna know no it's it's noted every mm-hmm. time you enter especially if you've been refused entry they know exactly what happened and it's in the system no matter how nice they may have seemed. There was a reason and it's in there mm-hmm. and they know about it. I talked to an individual actually this morning and it was somebody I talked to uh, a couple months ago and the individual took, I guess, the advice I gave and tried to enter the U.S. on their own, which happens a lot of the time, and um, which I would caution against that because when we talk to individuals, especially if, if it's a free assessment of their situation, we don't give specific legal advice. We're determining whether or not there's a possibility for that individual to come in the country. And if there is, then when we're retained as the lawyer, then we will tell them how it's to be done. And we'll give specifics, right? But not until then. So this individual was refused on their own tried to fly into the United States through Pearson and this was under a TN so you can get refused for the same reason uh, t- under 221 a7 AI as a, as an applicant for a TN if you're not in position of the right documentation to support uh, the approval of the TN they'll refuse you under the same category so this individual went to Pearson tried to apply as a on a TN as a statistician had Already been approved five times before is what he said. Um, but his degree was in biochemistry. Uh-huh. He's was trying to enter as a statistician. Was so he said, working
1: for a biochemist?
0: No. Had nothing to do with biochemistry. <laughs> so for me, right, you're trying to fit a, a square peg into a round hole. It doesn't work. You don't have the right education. And the border officer told him, told him the same. And he went back again after refusal, this time to the Peace Bridge here in Buffalo. What happened this time? <laughs> the first thing the officer, he said, the first thing the officer told, asked him was, well, how did this go at Pearson when you applied there? and then he had the transcript and he talked and he went through well it looks like my colleague in Pearson agrees with me you don't qualify yeah and refused him again so don't think you can just go to another place and fly under the radar and come in the country once you've been refused they that that is a hard refusal Mm -hmm. Uh, and
1: sometimes I mean sometimes it's not even something that you say it can be something your family members say I had recently had a case where The husband of one of my um, TN workers uh, told an officer when he asked, oh, so what does your wife do? And gave a different occupation than the one her TN was under. So the officer took a closer look at it, you know, questioned this guy, asked a lot of questions, figured out what she was actually doing, which it sounded a lot different than what she told me and what we applied under. Um, And uh, next time she came through the border, guess what they did? They refused her under 221A7, and they took her TN away because of something her husband had said on a previous entry to the United States.
0: They're lucky. She's she's actually lucky that she didn't get fraud, right? She, she's lucky to just get away with this one because this one, if you get refused under this category, there's actually no waiver available for it, meaning if, if you get refused for this reason— you can simply return to a port of entry with the proper documentation to show that you mm-hmm. are otherwise admissible to the United States, either that you're not immigrating, or if you're going to work, you come back with the right documentation to prove that you qualify for that work right. visa, and then you can come in. You don't need to get a waiver ahead of time to do this. You just need to make sure you're adequately prepared, that you understand the reasons why you were refused before you go back. Otherwise, you're just, every time you go, it's just going to make it harder, right? And, and harder you, you have and harder. that
1: evidence to overcome the reason that you know. And sometimes it's just as easy as showing your social and economic ties to Canada or your home country, um, and that can overcome the issue. And we've had plenty of people who. Um, you know, go back home, get their lease, get the copy of their bank statement, get a, get a few pay statements, come back and show the officer, listen, I'm not planning to live in the United States. I got a job. I got an apartment. I got a life in Canada.
0: Here's my hotel stay in the U.S. Here's my round trip airfare. And they've
1: got all this documentation. And the officer says, okay, now I'm comfortable. Now I know you're coming back because I can see all your social and economic ties to Canada. And they're admitted. And it could be a day later, but they've got the evidence with them this time. They made the officer comfortable and they overcame it.
0: And, it, and it's never a comfortable process. Like you said earlier, hmm. the border officer is going to put you yeah. through the ringer, right? So you, you may walk away feeling like you're never going to enter the U.S. again or that you're a complete criminal and you need a waiver or something to reenter. But like I said earlier, you don't. You just need to have the proper documentation and to go back.
1: Or the opposite happens sometimes. Sometimes people really are comfortable and the officer is very friendly and very kind and uh, refuses them entry and says, you know what, you just need to come back when you have the right paperwork, just go and get this straightened out and you can come back tomorrow. Yep. Um, you're better off calling a lawyer because sometimes they're baiting you. <laughs> and yes. then when you go back with changed paperwork, they look at you and say, well, were you lying yesterday? Or are you lying now? Because we have your old paperwork here and now it's completely different. So, um, you know, even if the officer is very nice to you, that doesn't mean, and we get called all the time. We're like, oh, I was refused entry, but the officer was really nice. They told me just to come back tomorrow. Um, that doesn't mean you should just go back tomorrow.
0: You absolutely should not. Um, and that goes back to the, the example you gave where the husband said, uh, gave information that contradicted the, the visa category. They could give you fraud in those situations. Oh, she could have. Yes, yeah, she could have gotten a lot, and There's that required that's permanently mm-hmm. on your record, permanently, and you have to get a waiver, special permission to re-enter the
1: U.S. if you get fraud. Right. So we have people call us all the time, and they say, "I want a TN uh, as a management consultant, um, but I'm really, you know, really uh, managing the marketing department, for example. Can I get a? Can I just get a TN as a management consultant? Well, no, you can't because that would be fraudulent. You're actually working as a marketing director, so there's no TN category for that. This is an H one B. That's what you need to apply under. Um, it's not something you can really mess around with. So
0: yeah, don't mess around with that. Uh, it's you're putting you're putting your ability to enter the United States permanently in jeopardy, mm-hmm. and not only you, your family members. Right. So if you're tied to somebody who's who has a criminal past or immigration violations, you're the spouse of that individual or the child, it gives them problems too. Or yeah. they can give you problems if that happens. Um, you're you're traveling to the U.S. for a legitimate reason later on as a visitor, yeah. but someone in your car has been refused before. Guess what? You're all going to get pulled over. You're all going to get questioned. Yeah, I
1: think we've all heard those stories about people that you know maybe were hanging out with some people didn't realize that they were maybe uh, you know, members of a organized crime ring, <laughs> for example. um, and they tried to travel to the United States with these people, and you they all get refused entry right. Of that. and and only because i I mean, i I did talk to someone not recently, but a few years back who was uh, liked riding motorcycles and had ended up with a group, a motorcycle riding group, didn't realize some of these guys were in a motorcycle gang, which was part of an organized crime ring. Tried, they tried to come on a ride in the United States, and all of them got denied entry because they had a couple bad actors in their, in their large group of uh, motorcycle riders. So yeah, be careful who you're, who you're associating with on your entry.
0: And people will ask, hey, I'm coming to the U.S. to apply for my TN, and I'm going to come with my buddy or whoever it might be is going to go mm. with me. And I. For moral support. And yeah. I caution them. I say, well, we advise you go alone mm-hmm. when you do this process. So you're the only one under scrutiny. Plus, you don't know what baggage that person's carrying. They may tell you that they don't have any, but if they do, then you're in trouble because they're with you. And. Back in the day, we used to be able to go to the port of entry with our clients, and I would have clients ask me if I could meet them on the Canadian side and give them a ride to the U.S.
1: <laughs> you didn't. <And laughs> you're like, like nope, I don't know that's you well a enough. Hard, no, <laughs>
0: because there's no way I'm putting my <laughs> I reputation in jeopardy. Yeah, I don't know you well enough you apply to apply for a visa. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening. Yeah. Um, so you you have to be extremely careful when you're trying to enter the United States. Um, And if if you have nothing in your past, nothing in your history, you really don't have anything to worry about, right? Uh, But just be careful. It's just, uh, I think, a cautionary advice. I think sometimes
1: our, you know, as Canadians, we can take it for granted that entering the U.S. is typically a very simple process for us. They nod, smile at us, wave us through, ask us where we're going and who we're going to see, and we're on our way. Um, but there are instances where people run into a lot of trouble for different reasons and, and reasons they haven't contemplated. So that's we just want to make you aware. Um, you know, be, be, a, be careful of, of your entry and, and understand the process so that you're not presenting yourself and, um, you know, getting refused for something silly that shouldn't cause you, it, it can cause you trouble into the future when you could have easily brought something with you or addressed the issue before you got there and wouldn't have been a problem.
0: Yeah. So if we go down, uh I think we've addressed the reasons why you get refused here, mm. right? You get refused because you don't essentially means you don't you have the wrong intentions or the wrong documentations. You don't have what's necessary to present or to the your officer. Your spouse blows you in. <laughs> your spouse. Is, <laughs> yes. Um so that's what happens. So how do you overcome it? Well, you present the proper documentation and you you hit on this a little bit. If you're a Canadian and, and you were refused, and this happens with and and you were refused as a visitor, this happens a lot with new Canadians, so you just got your Canadian citizenship mm-hmm. or just landed in Canada and you're trying to visit the United States and uh the officer questions your ties. do you have a job in Canada? do you have a home? do you have relatives? What is it that you have in Canada that shows me that that's your permanent residence? They can refuse you under the under that. And if they do, then as you said previously, then you need to provide... And they'll give you a, a, a list of documents, actually, when they refuse you for mm-hmm. this reason. They typically... Not only can they give you a, this statement we're referring to, but they can also give you an additional uh, document that lists all of the things that you can use to prove your ties. Um, and I had a client recently... Who contacted and their son had just immigrated to Canada from Iran, which is a flagged country in the US, and got citizenship through um, the father and got it rather quickly, but didn't hadn't yet established sufficient ties to Canada. had very limited ties. Didn't have a job yet. Had just enrolled in school, but hadn't even started school yet. So the ties to Canada were limited. Plus, third country national from a country that that the United States has flagged. This individual tried to enter the United States, was refused entry for this reason. It was told, "Hey, you you don't have ties to Canada. You mm-hmm. oh, how do we know you're going to return to Canada?" In addition, the this individual's parent was a u.s citizen so they're like oh you you, right now it looks like you you have stronger ties to canada or to the united states than you do to canada Mm -hmm. and very limited ties to canada so why should we grant you entry refused entry so they contacted us and then we were able to then put together documentation however limited it was because he just moved to Canada. Uh, In addition to that, statements, statements from the mother, statements from the individual and others that stated, Hey, only intention here is to visit. Fully intend to return to Canada after this. So there are other things that can be done. It becomes more complicated in that situation, but if you don't have bank statements, for example, or a lease agreement or a job or family members, then then it becomes even more difficult to enter the United States and to prove you it's gotta, temporary.
1: You've got to develop some social and economic ties to the country that so that you can prove you're going to return. And no officer is going to be comfortable admitting you in that situation.
0: And that's probably the most common reason we see visitors refused from Canada. Immigrant intent. Immigrant intent. Which essentially means we don't think you have strong enough ties to Canada.
1: Yeah, we think you're planning to stay here in the U.S.
0: Yeah. You have nothing to go back to. Right. You, you'd you benefit more from coming to the U.S. than you would stay in, in Canada. Therefore, we're denying you until you can prove otherwise. Now, the other is uh, those individuals that are applying for work visas. In the most common visa that people apply for at a port of entry is a TN visa. Uh, you can apply for an L visa at a port of entry, too. Um, We see you don't typically get denied for this reason under an L-1 visa. Why? Because an L visa carries dual intent, which means you could immigrate to the U.S. on an L if you wanted to, Um, where a TN is a non-immigrant visa, and if you show immigrant intent, then they could refuse you just for that reason alone. They could refuse you this under an L visa if you don't have proper documentation, however. Typically, they don't. I don't, I don't see that very often for an L visa. Typically, they'll just return your, your application to you and tell you what you need to, uh, to fix and come back. And they can do that with a TN, too. They can simply give you a checklist of documents that are typically required for a TN visa and say, hey, you're missing a support letter or you're missing your original degree or we need more details about your duty, and they refuse you. That's essentially this, This they're allowing you to withdraw your application is what they're doing. Uh, but what they're telling you is you don't have sufficient proof to show that you qualify for the visa that you're seeking entry under. And then they give you that list of documents to come back to correct it before you before you try to apply again. And if you're not able to show ties or sufficient have sufficient ties to your home country, to Canada, before you come back... There's also another thing that cures it, and that's time mm-hmm. either time to establish those connections or time for it to pass. another reason for for this is pe- Canadians will often spend too much time in the United States and True, we, yeah, I just again I got a, had a call this morning individual uh rides horses as an equestrian wants to come to the United States for the sole purpose just to be here to ride horses all year long. You can't do that <laughs> unless you have the right visa. You, and people often will. They'll push the limits. They know that they can only come for maximum of six months at a time uh, in the United States as a Canadian. But that's not enough. So they'll come for eight, nine, ten months. And then eventually, when you're crossing back and forth, mm-hmm. the border officer will see how much time you spent in the U.S. And they'll refuse your entry and tell you you spent too much time here before you can come back.
1: Yeah, because essentially in here. their eyes, it looks like you're living in the United States. You're spending more time in the U.S. than you are in Canada. That's a trigger to them to, to let them know that you're an intending immigrant. You plan on living in the United States.
0: Exactly. And don't come back until you have the right visa to do so. Either an immigrant visa or the proper work visa.
1: Or you spend six months to a year outside the United States and reestablish that you're going to be visiting.
0: And I had another call earlier this week, the same situation applied. She was, she's, this, this individual's been coming back and forth as a visitor, and the last entry, the border officer said, limited the stay. Most of the times when you come as a Canadian, it's a smile and a wave, have a nice day, and right? Si-
1: in a six month I-94, in, yeah. in a
0: six month admission. When they, when they look at you and they say, hey, you've been here a lot, and they admit you, and they'll tell you, you need to leave in two weeks go do what you got to do, but you have to leave in two weeks. You're on their radar. They, You've been flagged for spending too much time in the U.S., and you better comply with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't, it's going to cause you more problems in the future. And this individual had done that and said, well, I'm just going to go back to Canada and come back in tomorrow. I'm like, good luck. I said, "When was how much time have you spent in the U.S. in the last year? Oh, about eight months. Eight months? Well, that's well over... 6 month limit. Right. And if you're leaving and coming right back in and they see you had an A month stay in the US, could you get through? You could slip through. Chances are you're not going to and they're probably going to tell you to stay out of the United States for a long period of time before you try to come back. And this individual is referring to 6 months. They told me they told me 6 months that in 6 months uh, I could reapply. Well, and the reason is, is because if you've spent six months in the U.S., they want you to go reset your time in Canada for six months or more mm-hmm. before you try to come back, so they can see that you. Well, actually they know live that there. this
1: person is spending extended periods of time. They're not just coming in for a week in Florida. They're, they're coming in. They're coming in. So they're saying, go back for six months and live in Canada for six months, and then we can meet you for another six months, right? Um, otherwise, we can't. I mean, sometimes people push the limit of their stay and you get an officer who counts the minutes you've been in the United States um, right down to the day and might say, okay, you've got, you know, it looks like you've spent already three and a half months here. We're going to admit you for, you know, another two and a half and that's all you get. Um, You got to keep your eye on that. That's the obligations on you as the traveler and the visitor to, to do that and keep an eye on your travel. So don't just assume every admission is for six months. In most cases it is, but it may not be.
0: They may limit it. And if you have spent a lot of time, well, then you need to spend a lot of time back in Canada before you come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, So time will cure that. That will cure it, yeah. And I had an individual recently who applied for a TN, and all of these things came crashing down at once in this application. Oh, no. This individual was applying under a a profession that they qualified for, had the proper documentation, everything's in order but had been spending excessive amounts of time in the United States, had gone to school here, worked here, had a girlfriend here, no ties to Canada whatsoever. The individuals applying for the TN, they, they had an issue with some of the documentation, so they can refuse you under that if you don't have the right documentation, mm-hmm. and said, you know, correct this, but in addition, I said, where are your ties to Canada? So the individual was refused entry and specifically told, hey, you need to prove to us that you're not living here in the U.S. and this is not your permanent residence. And
1: Even though he was applying for a work visa. Even though he's applying for a work visa. Which allows you to live in the United States, but they want to make sure that he's going to come back after it's over, right?
0: Yes. And all of this came up not because it was in the documentation, but because of what he's what he said Mm -hmm. he said oh because the border officers they know what questions to ask you and it it could sound like just some random question yeah like this question
1: so where's your stuff i see you're you're moving to the u.s on the tn so where's your stuff oh it's at my girlfriend's house oh where's your girlfriend live where's your girlfriend live oh she lives in new jersey oh okay so your stuff's at your girlfriend's house when did you bring that down Four well, years it's been ago. yeah, four years ago when I came to school here and I went to school and then I've been hanging out with her and now I'm coming back on a TN. Well, so where's
0: your place in Canada?
1: Oh yeah, I, I'm not renting a place in Canada right now. Oh, so what do you it have Doesn't in make Canada. sense because it doesn't make sense. Um I have I'm gonna open a bank account in Canada, but I haven't yeah. got it open yet.
0: <laughs> then this is exactly what bingo. happened. Bingo, right. So it wasn't on it on his face. It's not like they could tell, but they asked these you know, mundane questions, and mm-hmm. eventually, guess what? They refused under two twenty one A seven AI for being an immigrant to the United States and not having the proper documentation. That individual is scared out of their mind now and thinks that they've been barred for life. For the no, it's not what it and is. Usually, they call they us will and say,
1: "I need a waiver. I need a waiver."
0: And you don't. You can't no. even get
1: one. No,
0: uh, you need the proper documentation to do it. So don't don't take for granted your entry to the united states and i think we've mentioned this many times in our other podcasts as well make sure you're prepared you know know the reason you're coming to the united states and you can prove it so that border officer asks questions you can present the proper documentation
1: and and above all be honest don't be deceitful with the border officer so if any of these um, issues apply to you uh, you're better off calling us. We'll tell you how to address it rather than trying to be deceitful with the officer and, and try to conceal a reason why they would have to refuse you.
0: Bingo. Never lie to a border officer. So if you have any other questions about U.S. immigration law, applying for a TN visa, entry to the United States, or if you've been refused for this reason to the United States for without having proper documentation, this is definitely an area that we can assist you with to be able to re-enter the United States again uh, in the future. Thank you for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. Uh, visit our website where there's there are a lot of other resources. We also have a YouTube channel. Uh, and they actually came out with handles for YouTube channels. So we have a new handle if Ooh, you want to find that? us there. And it's at US Immigration Lawyer Buffalo, New York.
1: Nice. Very it wasn't nice. wasn't taken.
0: Uh, we tried to, I tried to get some other handles, but they're already gone. So those went quickly. So, uh, you can find us there as well. Uh, above all, thanks for tuning in, share this with your friends, uh, and tune in wherever you find, uh, and listen to your podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great day.